0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for tuning in to Step into Your Sunshine. This is Rachel Kudron, your host, the owner of Etsy Boutique Kudron's Curiosities and RC Copywriting. Today I have a very special guest with me and I would love for her to introduce herself.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Rachel. <laughs> My name is Elle. Um, I am mum of three. I'm also the CEO of Evolveology and I also run Feminology Retreats UK. Um,
0: And yeah, that's me. (laughs) Okay, let's kick it off. What were some of the defining moments in your life that shaped who you are?
1: Oh, big question. Well, I think what really shaped my adult future for me was, I was raised in quite a traditional sort of Muslim background. Um, Being Turkish Cypriot, my parents, you know, had a lot of traditional ideals that they wanted me to reach specifically because uh, I'm a woman. And there was a lot of things that I couldn't do as a female growing up in um, that sort of um, household. But one of the things that I did do was go to university, which for some people would be thinking, that's not like life changing or whatever. But for me, it really was because it was something that my parents, particularly my father was really against. Um, Being a female was something that, you know, meant that I would be at home, you know, we would be married, we would have children, a very, very sort of old fashioned uh, belief system around how I was raised and it just wasn't who I was. And I did go against the grain quite a lot (laughs) but university was quite a big step and uh, I actually moved away from home as well so I was about sort of a three-hour journey away from where my family lived and I was raised. So, um, So for me that was one of the first real defining moments in deciding who I wanted to be and really sort of just making sure that my journey was really about me because decisions up until that point up until about 19 was about how would my family react and what did they want and who they wanted me to be even down to the course that I chose for university um, because they wanted me to do things like accounting and I wanted to be a dancer and it was all very you know very very difficult and I remember leaving the university and it was that moment that they dropped me off and they left And I looked around and I knew for the first time and I was 19, because I actually waited another year. I deferred a year because it was such a difficult decision to make because my father was so against it. And I remember sitting there thinking, I'm all alone. I did it. I actually did it. Now, my father didn't speak to me for about two years after because of that decision. Um, However, we are speaking now and everything is fine. But. For him, it was, it was a very difficult one to, to accept that his, 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 his daughter was, was taking such a big step, so
0: yeah. Wow. I would love to unpack that a little bit more. Where yeah. going back into your childhood or your upbringing. And um, mm. would you care to share some of the specific things that you weren't allowed to do simply because you were a woman?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of restrictions around where we could go, who we could be around um even things like phone calls were only allowed at certain times only from females um we didn't do you know going to birthday parties and stuff except when we were very very young it was okay but as we got older and um, there was restriction around what we dressed like what we you know appeared like um f- you know we weren't allowed to eat certain types of food which we may have done anyway in secret but we <laughs> so yeah there was quite a few restrictions um and although You know, my my parents were were very caring and loving. It was mainly my father was quite, um, his belief system was just so outdated that he, he just didn't know how to change. And I see that now. But at that point, yeah, it was very, very restrictive. And there was just so many rules, so many rules. And you were scared to break them because we could see that the family it wasn't just us you know we're a very close-knit family we had the cousins and the aunts and everyone sort of was built together the same way there wasn't this individuality you couldn't just step out and just be who you wanted to be which was me it was always me I was always the one that wanted to dance and I wasn't allowed And you know I did dance though it's one thing I didn't give up either but there was lots of rules like I can't even ride a bicycle to this day because I wasn't allowed to ride a bicycle I didn't even own a bicycle um, because as a female my father said you know riding a bicycle wasn't uh you know right and it could be dangerous for us (laughs) shall we say and it was it was things like that that sometimes made it difficult you know when you're in your friend circles as well there was um you know constant ringing in your ears of you know what you were allowed to do and weren't allowed to do and I think rebellion definitely starts to set in when you feel that that restricted but my rebellion was um purely to be who I wanted to be I just wanted to be heard and that was something that I never had never not really felt like even with my mum even though she was closer to me was something that was always sort of a difficult one you know you couldn't just say this is what I want to do this is what I want to be because it was always shut down with "Mm, yeah I don't I don't think so (laughs) so it was yeah it was quite challenging at times
0: Wow. I think if we ask our listeners does anybody else have a similar experience or can you share with us is for me I I was raised in a strict household mm-hmm. but not to that level. Um mm-hmm. though growing up I was definitely in a space I had two older brothers and a younger sister and there was a very clear distinction between what activities are for the boys, my brothers, and what activities are for me and my sister. And two experiences for me that really stick out is I really wanted, when I was uh, in high school, or yeah, about 15, 16, I really wanted to learn about wood working. My dad is very very capable and um, when it comes to woodworking and building and construction those types of things but he just sort of brushed it off it was like this isn't really for you I'm like but I have this interest why why aren't you teaching me and it was like but this isn't really for you and it was never said necessarily because I was female but it was very much understood because that's like not the right path for you And then another time in my life where it was demonstrated more through my eyes of seeing a situation rather than me experiencing the situation was my sister is six and a half years younger than me, and she was a real tomboy uh, growing up, and if you don't know what that means. In the US, we have phrases like girly girl and tomboy and girly girls like to do all the dressing up and with their moms and the makeup and the uh, high heels and the stuff when they're little. Um, And the tomboys want to wear shorts and t-shirts and play in the mud and go and dig in the dirt and uh, go fishing with their dad if that's what they choose or whichever the things. And the latter was absolutely my sister. <laughs> and... I would go, because she was six and a half years younger, I would go with my mom and my friend and her mother to go shopping. And my mom would be like, okay, we're going to leave and my sister at home. And my dad, no, 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 no. She's a girl. She needs to go with you. And my mom would always say she hates shopping. Why? Why does she need to go? She's just gonna throw a fit. You're gonna have to come and get her because she's gonna be screaming uh, on the floor of the mall. Uh, No, no, no. You know, she is supposed to go shopping. She's supposed to like that. And it would happen reoccurringly, over and over and over. My dad would insist that we bring my younger sister, and she would hate it. She would cry. She would make the entire experience miserable for every person there and then my dad would still have to come get her but there was this mindset like she was just supposed to like shopping because she was female and I find this a really interesting topic because there's so many boxes that males and females are put into like oh well it's this topic so you're supposed to like it because you're female or hmm, it's this topic so you're going to be pushed in that direction simply because you're male and I find that really debilitating when people from the outside are trying to tell you, well, you're supposed to be this way because of your gender, or you're supposed mm-hmm. to be that way because you're a boy. It's, I, I find it really overwhelming. And I can still remember some of those feelings when I would encounter people and they'd be like, no, you can't.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah it it was uh it was interesting as well because i didn't realize growing up like what you just said about for males and for females you know i always saw it it was us because we were the females we were the one restricted but like my brother for example he uh is nine years younger than me and he has a lot of um learning disabilities and um and other ailments and uh uh, he's partially deaf and has asparagus and stuff. And uh, he, he's he's an amazing guy and he's grown up to be an amazing young man. But when he was younger, he uh, had global delays. So his understanding was, was quite um, sort of younger than his age. And my father was obsessed with football and my brother was not. But because, again, uh, in our sort of community, football was just the thing that you did. You know, my dad did the coaching. He took my brother to these training sessions. And I remember thinking he's lucky he gets to go play football. I want to play football. I tried to play in a girls team. My dad told me I was being ridiculous. You know, so I wanted to play football. My brother did not. But he was dragged to these things every Sunday. So but it wasn't actually until I was older that I really looked back and I thought, my goodness, I was sort of jealous. I thought, well, he's lucky. He gets to go. And now I look back and think, actually, he was treated in a similar fashion that he had to fit a mould the way we did. We did have a lot more restrictions, in all fairness. Um, but, yeah, it is it is incredible how how we sort of hold on to those beliefs and we carry them through genera- generationally, um, through us, through children. And uh, it's definitely something that I've tried to change since having my own children because you, you don't mean to but sometimes you do just think you should do this because this is how it's done and then you realize well actually it's not how it's done it's because that's how you've always done it because that's how you've been shown but it doesn't mean that's how it's done and uh, my eight-year-old definitely challenges me on that every single day and I used to really dislike it and now I love it I love that she challenged me but why do we do it like that mummy but why And and I used to say because that's how we do it and now I say Hmm, let's explore that because sometimes, yeah, just the way you cook something maybe is the way you were shown, but maybe that's just how you were shown doesn't have to mean that it's actually correct. So, so yeah, I love that she challenges me sometimes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, one thing that you said really stuck out to me and it was carry, carrying these mentalities or things that we've been ta- taught, throughout our generations or passing them on to our children. And I think this is very important because it can even be applied to our businesses, whereas we know as a global society that women have less businesses than men. They're in less Prominent positions, they're in less leading positions, they're in less CEO positions than men across the globe, and I can't help but wonder: Is it because of our upbringing and saying, "Well, this is for women; these, this is for females; this is for males," and are constantly categorizing us into one way or another, or pushing us towards these career paths? and while pushing our brothers or our siblings or our male counterparts in the other direction. And I wonder if that is how we come to a situation for me like now thinking, I've been doing a lot of mindset work over the last few months. And Mm -hmm. because what I realized was when I was working really hard and opportunities were coming to me, I was actually stepping away rather than forward. I was like, why is this occurring? I've just spent all this time working to get these opportunities. And then once they're placed in front of me, why am I stepping away? And one of the things that came up in my mind was about money mindset, this obsession with, um, well, this obsession with thinking that money's going to buy me happiness or that it won't buy me happiest. And um, that's what I meant. And I think this comes from teaching when we're young, where yeah. in my experiences and what I've read and observed throughout my life is that men are pushed more in a direction of being the provider, being the person that's earning the money where women are, pushed into a direction of being more of the caregiver and whether that may mean staying at home. It may not. It may be meaning that when you guys are both working like, oh, well, you need to take off because I make more to go get Charlie Sue from school or whichever the case is. And I think to myself, has it been ingrained in me that if I earn more money, then I will become obsessed with the, uh, with the idea of buying and buying and buying and buying and buying, because I'm trying to buy myself happiness Mm. and it's really just opened my mind discussing with you. Was this something that started in childhood for me and what can we do about it now? Because I don't want to, I don't want to pass that mentality on to my daughter. And I don't want her to think that having money means X, Y, or Z. Mm. Yes. And I'd love to know your thoughts about that.
1: Um, so for me, I'm going to talk about, because I think it's exactly where we're going now, is for me, how I normally work with my clients is we talk about what I call the blueprint. Mm. So when you are born, you don't actually get a choice in terms of who you are you don't get to choose your name who your parents are who your religion you know you don't get to choose any of those things you're born into a beautiful family and you grow up okay and whatever you're given at birth is like a blueprint a bit like if you was to build a house you uh, if it was a brand new house you'd have to go and get plans made to build the foundation but you'd already have a plan made of what the house is going to look like because otherwise the blueprint won't pass I am getting to the point <laughs> we're talking about houses but I do mean humans. Um, so for me, I call this the blueprint. So it's a bit like when you build a house, you need to lay all those foundations and then they, you start to build them. And when you get halfway through, if you suddenly decide the windows in the wrong place, you have to go back to planning. <clears throat> As a human being, we're born and our parents already have and, and, and the units that we live within or the families that we live with, how we are raised, and all the things that we go through, the school systems and all of that it already starts to build most of the foundation for you. And statistically speaking, up until the age of seven, we are in download mode. So we don't actually get much of the decision-making for ourselves. We're not consciously aware normally by around that age. So up until the age of seven, we're just being built we're being built by everything around us so anything you're seeing anything you're hearing anything you're feeling all these things are all downloaded onto you it's imprinted onto you and your your blueprint begins to grow and it grows to a certain point and then we get to a certain point normally around that sort of 12 14 I think it's becoming younger and younger where we start to want to make decisions. We start to think this doesn't feel right, or I wanna be in this circle of friends, and then there's peer pressure. and We start to want to change a mold, but we're already in that real sort of being built into this house that was decided at the beginning. So when I hear you sort of asking these questions, I think to myself, when you were born, you had already been given that blueprint. This is who Rachel's gonna be, okay? This is roughly what you're gonna look like. Everything's been put into place for you. And then when we get to the roof or we get to that top part, when we go into our adult life, we start then saying, hang on a minute. Actually, I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to look a certain way. I want to be a certain way. I want to feel a certain way. I want to have these belief systems. But we've been carrying everything we've been seeing, hearing and feeling from birth till now to suddenly sit down at whatever age is and say, hang on a minute, I want to change this blueprint. I want to change the structure of my belief system this is where we, we we have to go to work on our mindset our money belief systems our confidence the i like to call it the enoughness because i think everything you mentioned there as well about being a woman and 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 being able to earn more and this is so ingrained generationally that it's already within us we already have this and trying to change that it's not easy but it does start with us um it's definitely something that i've been working on very heavily with my daughter about how she looks how she feels about herself we talk about money we talk about what she can be what she can have we use our imaginations to really open up like that visual aspect because our imaginations are so unlimited but we don't use them as much as I think we should do our visions and our imagination is incredible you know we have to remind ourselves and I do every day that if you can see it then you can create it. Just like how, you know, we've created things like airplanes and mobile phones that do incredible things. It has to have been visioned first. But the problem is, is that we've grown up now with all these idyllic sort of belief systems and, and how we should behave and be treated and and, and dress. And, and, and we have to change that. And how we change that is like that next step. But just understanding that, we're incredible the way we are, we're so powerful, we're so, so powerful, women are really powerful, we're so much more powerful than even I ever believed, you know, since I've really stepped into my work, I work on three systems, which is the mind, the heart, and the womb space, so I believe they're like the three big power points in a woman, and I feel like when we open them up, and and, and we do the work, and we do the healing, we start to change how we think, how we feel, and how much space we hold, and things around us start to change. And it's often those bits that I find really create change for people in all the things you just said, understanding that we can be who we want to be. It's just that we've been sort of stuck in this, this is how you've been built mode, okay, that blueprint has stuck, and now it's about saying, okay, hang on a minute, I can change these things. I get to choose, big one, I get to choose which bits I want to change and then really diving into those areas and saying, right, how can I change my beliefs around money? Cause I still feel a bit like, you know, money belongs to men. OK, so let's go back. And then we'll go back very quickly, sort of we'll go right back to the beginning. What are the first earliest memories you have of money? What you think about money? Where did you hear about money? All the famous slogans of, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And we go all the way back, you know, and then we start to rebuild that story. And that's where real change starts to happen. I, I, I that's, that's how normally I would work. And we do that for each sort of area that we want to work in. I hope that sort of answered
0: the question. Then. Yes, <laughs> it's question, I believe that's question. incredible, is really breaking that down and the analogy with the blueprints and how we can reconstruct our belief systems and our foundations and create the reality that we want. And another thing that stood out to me that you said is if you could see it, then you can create it in relation to visualization. And just a little, I'll share a little experience I had with my daughter was um over the last few months, uh, to put it into context, I have been in and out of her life in a sense of, um, my mom is sick in the US, and I've been going back and forth to the US over the last few months, and so she'll go a few weeks, two, three weeks without me, and when we come back, there's this, there's this time where She's not really sure if I'm going to leave again or if I'm going to stay. And she, she's a bit stressed about it, which is understanding. And she also goes through this phase of not liking school because she has to stay there more when mommy's not there to get her and take her home and stuff like that. Because my husband works um, in an office job. And so he's there all day. And for the first week I was back, she kept on telling me, I'm going to have a terrible day at school. I'm gonna have a bad day at school. That's all she would think about when we were going to school. So one day I said, well, no, this is important because whatever you're saying is going to occur. If you are saying you're going to have a bad day at school then this is exactly what's going to happen. But if you say you're going to have a good day at school then you're gonna have a good day at school. And we went through the process of visualizing, what are you gonna do at school today? What are you gonna do when you get there? Oh, well, I'm gonna be happy to see my teachers. I'm gonna be happy to see my friends. I'm gonna do lunch count. I'm, you know, then we do some work and then we go outside and play. And she, you know, she's leading me through all of the things of the the day. I'm like, well, has anything bad happened yet? Uh, No, usually it's lots of fun. And so we just went through the entire day, and she was able to visualize okay, actually, I'm going to have a good day. And so now on our way to school, now that I've been home a few weeks, and we always work on being uh, having a positive mindset and knowing that we are in control. And I'm like, okay, who's going to have a good day at school? And like from the front seat when I'm driving, and she's always like, Ellie's going to have a good day at school. And so I really believe in that power as well, that the power of visualizing, the power of your mindset, the power of your thoughts, the things that are you're feeding your mind and that your mind is telling you, those become your actions, which become your habits, which become your character. And it's very powerful when you're visualizing what kind of person can I become?
1: Yes. Absolutely. I I very much resonate with that. It's something that I hold very close to, to my heart, my office and my walls is all about my visions and, uh, it's something that we talk about a lot as a family as well. Um, We have, you know, game time where we just uh, talk about like visions and we, we, you know, I've created that because it was something, again, that we didn't have as children. We didn't, wasn't really allowed to have these big imaginations. Um, And if you did imagine things like, oh, one day I'm going to go and, um, you know, be an astronaut, it was like, oh, really? Oh, OK, then. And then it's like, what are you really going to do? There was this constant sort of, It was a dream, it's not real. And I wanna create an environment with my children that visions come true. And this is so important. Just like how you're saying to your daughter, you know, what, what kind of day are you going to have? You're, you're, you're taking her through and it's not just what we're seeing. It's actually how we feel when we see it, that emotion for me and, you know, seeing it is one thing, but then the feeling it, it's a bit like when I say to people, okay, I'm going to give you a gift. You know, we do this exercise where we say, I'm going to give you a gift of 5,000 pounds or 10,000 pounds, whatever figure you like, but a nice big lump of, lump of money. And I say, here's 5,000 pounds, a gift for you. How does it make you feel? And people will say, oh my goodness, really? You're giving me 5,000 pounds. That's amazing. Like wonderful. That's really great. But then if I turn around and say to you, I'm giving you 5,000 pounds for, and you attach it to something like your dream wedding, a honeymoon, something you've always wanted to buy, deposit for a home, whatever it is, something actually tangible. When you attach it to something you really desire, if I said, I'm giving you this 5,000 pounds for your wedding or for this, that, or the other, that emotion that we feel is just different. It's just different. It's a bit like if I talk about a puppy... You're going to be like, oh my goodness, that's so cute. If I hand you physically a puppy, that love, that feeling is very, very different. And it is sometimes about taking the vision and attaching it to that real emotion, that real emotion that we can feel. And the law of attraction loves this. Uh, the law of attraction loves this and 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 moves things into our path. So we can create these things, whether it is happiness, whether it is the honeymoon, whether it is, you know, £5,000, these things. So I, I'm really big on visualizing and attaching that to that feeling as well because I think that's really important because for children as well I think we're not always allowed to express ourselves the way we feel we want to and from a very young age as well we're told lots of things that hold us back just things like well you can't wear that with that like I used to say it's my daughter you can't wear you know those socks with that dress or you can't wear tights with a dress and I would always and now I feel like every time we tell a child they can't or every time we we say something it may just be a joke or you know may come from child to child like you're really smelly for no reason it's incredible how those little tiny moments those little tiny words sometimes just empty words actually stay with us and I call it a library I I describe our subconscious as a library and it collects everything things that we don't even remember it collects everything the small the tiny the big anything that's happened the good the bad the ugly it collects all of it into this library and this is what we use now like we use that library today we'll be using this library as we speak we may not be consciously aware of it but when we're thinking about money in a certain way and we feel a certain way it's because of all the things we've collected so for me it's one big circle like It is. It's one big circle. It's about the visions, It's about the feelings. It's about, you know, how we're built on that blueprint. It's about all those things coming together and then us consciously deciding who and how we want to live and making decisions to move to that and not allowing that library of information the subconscious because I believe it always wants to keep us in the same place the safe and the comfortable when you want to stay in the safe and comfortable that comes from your subconscious because it's trying to keep us in that safe and comfortable mode as soon as we say but hang on a minute I want to go ahead and do this that and the other our mind goes oh I'm not sure about that and then we get to that circle I was just talking about of well are you good enough and are you this and are you that and you're a woman are you sure and again that belief system kicks in so and then we have to be able to be strong enough to say well hang on a minute do I really want this yes I do so we have to go against that safe and comfortable against the library of information of how we've been built and say I'm doing this (laughs) it's that simple we I'm doing this and we when we move forward and that takes that takes time but for me, that's the sort of system of being able to grow and evolve into, you know, the amazing people that and powerful people that we can be.
0: Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. I think for me, the way that I hear and feel what you're saying in kind of a small phrase is empowered choices, that we become empowered to make our own choices, to live our best life for us. Yeah. And going back just a little when you talk about visions and vision boards or create or talking about making your visions a reality with your children or with your spouse is for me i would love for you to just to tell a little more detail about what you do because um while i think in pictures and in words creating a visualization for me is very easy I can see it. I even see my visualization in front of my eyes before I actually like paint it or uh, cut it out of a magazine or print it off. And so that's not a hard task for me. Yet for my husband, who's someone who's really not a visual person as far as um, my being able to see pictures in his mind or uh, being able to see or focus on, excuse me focus on something that's futuristic and mm-hmm. um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit oh, excuse me um some strategies of when you're working with somebody or if you're in a relationship with them, or you're trying to explain to somebody or it's your father or it's your mother and they really are not getting it they really are not connecting visualization with goal setting or mm-hmm. desires or outcomes and um, What do
1: you do? So for me, one of the things that I did with my husband for the the same reasons you just said um, was holidays. So that's where I started. And it's quite specific because I did. I've literally done this with my husband for the last I can't remember how many years now. So we start with holidays. So my husband loves to travel, but we haven't done any of that recently because we've got kids. And actually, we haven't really done that in the last sort of 15 years. We've known each other. But previous to him being married to me and us being together, he loved to travel. So I brought that to him a few years ago when he said, I just I just don't get how you do all this visualization stuff. And I just can't get into it. And I was like, OK, right, let's do this. So I always start with where do you want to go on holiday? And he would say to me, well, I mean, Japan is one of the places so he would talk about Japan or he'd say back to the Maldives where we had our honeymoon. Those two generally come up and then we would build it together. So I'd be like, oh, that would be so, so lovely. Where do you think the first place, you know, you would go is if, if you were in japan and he'd be like i really want to go here there and wherever and he's very good at naming all these places that i actually have no idea um, like if it's america he's talking about he'll talk about orlando um uh, universal Studios, sorry and, and and certain places he really wants to go so i just began there i began where his dreams are sort of you know where do you see yourself going so i used to build from there and i would go into details so i'll start be like oh that'd be so lovely can you imagine us walking down the beach do you think it'd be a sandy beach you'd be like oh yeah definitely sandy beach because i know you're like sand over rocks. And I'll be like, oh, that'd be so lovely. And I'll be like, do you think we'll like sit down and maybe have a picnic, or would we get an ice cream instead? Giving him choices so he could see what he would visualize. And he'd be like, No, I don't see us having a picnic. I see us having an ice cream. Now I know he's visualizing and I would just continue. And what I would slowly do is give him the power to sort of describe more and more and more so you start just with like is it an ice cream or is it here where are we going and then it'd be like if you could spend a whole day in Japan what would that look like and then he would describe this whole day you know if you only had 24 hours somewhere what would that look like and what I've noticed is now so if I said to him today where do you see us in five years he will actually tell me what he sees whereas even five years ago, even three years ago, if I asked him that, he'd be like, I I don't know, what do you think? (laughs) I don't know, I think we'll be happy. And I'm like, okay, I know we'll be happy, give me more. And he's like, well, the kids will be seven, five and nine. I'm like, okay, give me more. So now if I say to him, where do you see us in five years? he will actually give me something really descriptive. And I'm so proud of him for that. <laughs> it's taken some time, but sometimes it's those tiny things. We can do things like meditations and, and, and guided visualization and all these sorts of things as well, things that I love doing. But when we're starting with someone who just, just doesn't know how to access that, I think sometimes just the playful sort of yeah sort of conversations is just a great place to start.
0: I think that's a brilliant strategy. And I I think that's easy for me and all of our listeners to just implement right away is if we want to encourage our dreams and our goals through visualization, that is an easy place to start is most people love traveling or, you know, if you're your, they're your spouse, something that they love something that lights them up, something that you can talk about all the details and all the things. And I know that I can definitely use that with my husband. I do have to get over the hurdle of my husband's like, okay, but first, where's this money coming from? Where are we going to, what budget is our, are we going to have? Because for him, it's like, I don't want to dream outside of said budget. And so Sometimes for him, I'm like, okay, wait, just money is not an issue. <laughs> if it wasn't an issue, what would your day look like? And so I think a little bit of is it, of it is just knowing your spouse or knowing who you're talking to and just starting small, like you said.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely starting small and just remembering that men have this sort of masculine energy where everything, yes, has to be quite strategically. The money thing has come up for me as well. Um, And just make it up. That's what I just say. I've just awarded you. There you go. There's 20 grand. I've just, you know, sold X amount of jewellery. You know, it's gone into a massive gallery and just giving them yeah sometimes we have to give them the little prompts because yeah they do stop at the detail because it's a very masculine way way to think um uh, so yeah <laughs> I do agree with that
0: <laughs> oh that's so lovely and so interesting hearing your experience as well and I would love from uh to hear from our viewers have you had this experience have you done visualization before have you tried to talk about it with your spouse or your children? Do you use it in your business? If you have a business, do you use it to motivate yourself? Like, I want to go on this vacation. I want to own this house or this uh, car, or I want to donate this amount of money each year. You know, what motivates you? And is visualization something that you use? Now to end today, Elle, I would love to ask you just one more question is what advice would you give to someone who is trying to find their path in life?
1: Um, I think the most important thing is, well, it's two things really. It's knowing what you want. You have to have some idea of what you want. It doesn't have to be specific, but we have to have some sort of idea, visualization of the goal, the dream of what we want. It doesn't have to be small. OK, but it can be But having a real clear vision of what you want. And I think just setting the intention that you can have it. It's sometimes really hard for us to say, I really want this. Um, I really, really want this thing. But we do the but I can I have it? I'm not sure. Is it you know, is it money? Is it me? Is it something? And I think sometimes we want to create a future that we are really, really sort of that we've designed, like creating a future that you've designed that brings us that real happiness, that real joy, because we all deserve to be happy. No matter where you are right now, we all deserve to be happy. We were we, were, we were put here to have and live a beautiful, incredible, abundant, you know, happy life. And we shouldn't have to stop at where we are. So for me, that first step of making change is saying, what do I need to change? What do I need to change to get myself to that place what do I need to do create share grow leave behind whatever it is but we have to make those decisions but we can only do that if we know where we want to come even if it's vague take that dream take that dream plant it in your mind in your heart I say womb space as well because I talk about that normally quite a lot but those places we need to plant what we want And then we take the first step, the smallest steps first until we can really, really build that momentum to come out of the other side and be living that dream life because you can, you absolutely can. But it is about making the decision and setting the intention of I can do this. I want to do this. And this is what I'm going to create.
0: Yes, I love all of that. And that's Such beautiful advice for people to really know what they want. And one thing I just want to talk about and address real quick, in case we have a listener who's a little bit concerned or confused. Now, I believe that you are not advocating and we are not advocating that you just change as a person completely. Like if you're really outgoing, you become uh, really reserved or you love to paint. And then all of a sudden, you're not going to do anything at all. And you're not changing your personality. It's just like she said throughout this episode, is that you're evolving that each stage in your life, you have to evolve into a new person. If you want to reach new levels in your business, then you have to evolve into a new person. You have to develop new skill sets. You have to develop new ways to reach other people. You have to become more in tune with yourself so you could know what you want. What do I want? What does that look like? And who do I need to become to achieve those things? And at, the more you get in touch with yourself, the more you're able to evolve into the person that you want to become, to live the most abundant, beautiful, happy life.
1: Yes, definitely. If you think about a mobile phone back in 10 years ago, how much mobile phones have have evolved. And probably most of the listeners, most of us upgrade our phones every year, every two years. We upgrade those things. We upgrade our technology. We upgrade our homes, our cars. Why can't we choose to upgrade ourselves that doesn't mean exactly that like leaving something behind because you have to you know unless you want to of course but no we're not talking about Lisa but we are talking about growth and and evolving yeah to to become you know stronger and more powerful and understand ourselves you know understanding who you truly are without the blueprint who do you choose to be Um, and that that's
0: really powerful You have such beautiful analogies that are so easy for me and our listeners to understand and relate to. And I think that is incredible. I would love for you to share with us. How can we get connected with you? How could we work with you? Well, you can find
1: me on all social platforms under El Jedras, uh, or just go into any social network and find uh, Evolvology and you will find me there. <laughs> You'll find me there. We have uh, a free Facebook group. Um, we're doing lots of work at the moment in, um, in other areas as well, supporting people with mental health. And uh, we're doing some other work uh, where we run uh, UK uh, women's retreats as well across the UK. They're under Feminology. But if you come and find me on social media, and at El Jedras, you will see lots of things going on in lots of different areas. Um, So yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here on Step Into Your Sunshine today. And you have given us such good advice, examples, analogies, and we know what we need to do to move forward and to become the best version of ourselves. Thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you so much. Remember, listeners, that I we air a new episode every Monday and Thursday, 8 p.m. UTC time, 7 p.m. UK time, and 1 p.m. U.S. Central Standard time. I can't wait to talk to you guys soon.